We are Kicking Ass and Taking Names, a podcast for small and mid-sized business owners on law, business, and life. Here's your host, Marlon Griffith. Welcome to the first episode of Kicking Ass and Taking Names, a podcast for small and mid-sized business owners on law, business, and life. I'm your host, Marlon Griffith, owner and principal litigator of the Griffith Law Group, a boutique litigation firm located in Washington, D.C. At the Griffith Law Group, we help our clients resolve legal disputes that threaten their financial security or reputation. We help our clients sleep better at night. Why this podcast? The goal is to inspire, motivate, and educate business owners so they can continue to grow and protect what they've worked so hard to build. It's personal for me because I'm a business owner as well, and I'm well aware and have experienced what it takes to grow my business. Since this is our first episode, I want to talk a little bit about the title, Kicking Ass and Taking Names. I am a trained trial lawyer, and it's a saying that when you go to trial, the attitude I have is I'm there to kick ass and take names. I don't have an opportunity to make a second impression as a trial lawyer. This is it. And often as a small business, you also don't have a second opportunity to make a first impression. So you have to have the attitude when an opportunity arises that I'm gonna kick ass to make sure I can take advantage of that opportunity. So it is a mentality and it is a mindset. As a small business or medium-sized business, we have to provide top-notch service or a top-notch product. Because if we don't, there's a high likelihood that we won't get another opportunity to provide our service. Larger corporations are allowed to not get it right the first time, or maybe even the second time. Small and mid-sized business owners are not afforded that opportunity. The second half of the name, taking names. Kicking ass and taking names. It's twofold. Again, it's an attitude. It's saying I'm here as a business owner and I'm not going anywhere. I'm here to stay. This idea of mine, this service that I'm providing, this product that I'm producing, I believe in it. And I'm here to stay. Also, the other part of taking names is we know in business is always about referrals. You do a good job for your clients in part and hope that they will refer other people to you. That's typically how businesses grow from other referrals, from other recommendations. So we have to provide top-notch service and ensure and ask that our clients refer other people to us. So that's the other half of the taking names. But what's interesting was, at preparing for this podcast, I decided to, the term kicking ass and taking names. And according to Google, it states to seriously do something or to confront someone in a serious manner, to explain things to people in a direct way so that there's no misunderstanding. Well, for those who know me, that's basically how I am. Very direct and very serious in a business contest. So I thought the name was not only consistent with me, but I thought it was also representative of what's necessary for business owners to grow 
and survive and to progress in the world of business. Now, the first episode is titled, I'm a business man, having your business work for you. Now, for many on this podcast, they are aware they know the song is an ode to my fellow Brooklynite, Jay-Z from Diamonds from Sierra Leone. Where he said, I'm not a business man. I'm a business man. I thought that line was very appropriate for the first episode. Because what I found is that as a business owner myself, it's very easy to work on your business. In fact, that's what we do. We focus on trying to grow our business and working on our business. And in doing so, we stop and don't realize that the business needs to work for us. That's the whole purpose, or one of your purposes, I believe, for starting your business, for the business to work for you. Now, that's sometimes easier said than done because most people are not around when you are grinding away in your office, in your car, in your house, working on your ideas or working on your documents or working on your proposals so you can go after opportunity after opportunity after opportunity. Because as we all know, the obvious, there is no business without business. So you have to get business in order to do business. And most people don't see that work. In reality, a lot of businesses don't succeed because they don't do that work. A lot of people have fantastic ideas, wonderful ideas, but often they don't put in the work that's necessary to turn that idea into fruit. Business owners who are able to maintain a business know what it takes. And often it takes ignoring rejection, ignoring the no's and keep going and keep submitting that proposal and keep knocking on that door, right? And keep making that phone call and keep going to lunch or going to this event or supporting this organization or having coffee or tea, even if you don't really drink coffee or tea, in order to continue to try to garner business. Because as I said, there is no business without business. So back to this episode, this first episode, having your business work for you. I believe that there are four questions you should ask yourself in order to get your business to work for you. The first question is, do you have a business plan? Now, I know many folks will say, some folks will say, yeah, I have a business plan. When I created my business, I came up with a business plan. Some may even say, well, I, I created a business plan when I wanted to get investors or I wanted to get a loan from the bank. So I created a business plan, something I can provide for them to show them, you know, what my business is all about. But what I'm talking about is a business plan now. A business really should create a business plan roughly every 18 months because the reality of, of it is things change. Things evolve. The environment changes. You may change, right? The purpose of a business plan is it provides a roadmap, right? It forces you to think about where it is you're trying to go as a business and as a person, actually, and how do you plan on getting there? And surprisingly, a lot of business owners don't really think about that. Again, we are so caught in the day-to-day, -day, because we have to be, right? That we don't spend a lot of time thinking or writing about how do we see our business 18 months from now? What are, what is it that we want to accomplish? What are our goals? And how do we want to accomplish those? So a business plan is not merely an exercise. I think it's crucial because ultimately a business plan starts with you, you the business owner. And as I often say, personal growth 
precedes professional growth. So a business plan will cause you to look inside yourself and assess where you are and where you want to be as an individual. Then that ultimately impacts where you want your business to be, where you want your business to go. Because the business is here to serve you. How does your business serve you? You're not here to serve your business, right? Now, there's seven parts of a business, and this podcast is not going to get into detail about the seven parts of a business. However, I think it's important that listeners understand this. You have money and metrics, meaning that you have to know what your financial resources are, the financial condition of your company, right? You have to have a marketing. How do you market what service or product you're providing, right? How do you get your business, right? What is it that you are marketing? What is it? What what services are you trying to provide? Is it? Are you clear about that? Or are you a business that would do any and everything? So is it clarity to others as to what it is you provide or what it is you produce? Sales. Well, how do you go get the business? Marketing may get the phone to ring, but how do you close the deal? Your factory, as we call it. And your factory basically comes down to what is it that you have to how much of what it is that you have to produce to reach your financial goals? How much of it, what is the cost of, of, of what it is that you're going to produce, again, to help you reach your financial goal? That's a very important part of a business plan. I often see and realize how people, sometimes when it comes to charging their services, I've heard some business owners say, oh, I get as much as I can get. That's not how you do business. Some business owners say, well, I kind of charge based on what you know I saw other people charging my company when I used to work for a company. Again, that's not how it's done, right? In fact, basically you charge on what it is what it costs you to produce the product or the service, and what is the profit that you're looking to receive from that. That's for you to decide. And that's generally how you can't determine what it is you should charge, right? Not what Harry charged down the street or Sally charged up the street, right? That's not thinking like a business person. And that's factor of parts of your business is your people. Now, there'll be... We'll have episode, future episodes speaking about hiring and the old 1099 um, issues, right? The independent contractors. Because I find that one of the biggest steps for a business owner is to actually have people work for, right? To actually have W-2 employees, not 1099s, not contractors, but actually W-2 employees. Put a different way to actually have a payroll. And a lot of business owners, particularly the, the smaller, newer Starting out to transition to a payroll uh, and the fear of being able to afford to pay other people can sometimes be paralyzed. But in your business plan, you will base on, again, what your goals are, which goals are for your company. You will have to decide your amount of people you will need to help you accomplish that goal. And you will plan you have to plan accordingly. Another part of the business plan is uh, part of a business is your physical plan. Basically a fancy way of saying, where are you going to perform the work? Now, in today's world with, with remote, with a lot more remote access, remote work, a lot of businesses don't even have physical offices anymore. Or if they do, very little is done in the physical office itself. And that's fine. As part of your business plan, you have to figure out exactly how much physical office do you need, again, to accomplish the goal of your business. Do you need to have an actual office? If you're providing services, that is, do you need to have an actual office? And does, that, does everyone have to be in that office in order to produce the work? Obviously, if you're producing a product and you need a fact, literally a factory or a distribution place, 
Got to determine that as well, what the cost and everything that's involved there. You know, again, it's back focus on what is your goal? What are you trying to accomplish in the next 18 months? What do you need as a, from a physical plant perspective to accomplish what you need, what you need to do in the next, your goal for the next 18 months? And that's basically the seven parts of a business. And that will be the seven parts of your business plan. The key, again, about this is it causes you as a business owner to stop and think in the future. It causes you to say, where am I going? Or where am I trying to go? And how am I going to how am I going to get there? Now the key is business plans are evolve, are evolve, right? So you may 18 months, maybe we begin today, you may think you need Y, X, Y, or Z. But as things unfold, you tweak and realize you change this and you change that. So it's not meant to be set in stone, whatever business plan you create today. Again, it's nothing but a roadmap. And like many other, I use Waze, for example, right? When you get on a navigational system and use Waze, have you go one way to get to where you need to go, which is the shortest route. But sometimes, you know, accidents occur while you're in on that route. And Waze gives you an option. Hey, you can save 14 minutes if you go this way. And it suggests you, you change course. You can continue if you want to go on the original course, you can, but now you have the option to save 14 minutes and that might matter to you. There might be a more efficient way to get to your goal is to, I have to adjust, I have to adapt. So that's the business plan, right? It's the original way of how you're going to get from point A to point B, but you understand that as things evolve and conditions may change, you might have to make adjustments and that's completely fine. Second question you should ask yourself, do I pay myself first? Now, that seems like such an obvious question. Of course I pay myself. But the question I asked you was, do you pay yourself first? The question you ask yourself is, why do you own a business? I mean, ultimately when the day is done, you own a business to be profitable. You own a business so that it can support the things financially that you want to do personally and maybe for others. But it's there to support the things you want to do, what you want to do financially. It's called profit. And if you are running your business, I said, let me put it a different way. When your business is running you, you're not paying yourself first. You're paying your vendors. You're paying employees if you have them. And then maybe what's left over, you kind of take for you. Or you have monies that's left over and you, and you decide I need to reinvest into the business. Now, don't get me wrong. Reinvesting is an essential part of a business growth, but it should not come at the expense of paying yourself. You ask yourself, who is the master and who is the servant? Are you the master of your business? Or are you the servant of your business? And if you're the master of your business, you pay yourself first. But that's easier said than done because I get it. On certain months, quarters, weeks, cash flow is not quite right. And you might decide I need to keep the lights on or I need to make sure I hold on to this employee. So I got to pay, I got to make payroll. So I'll be okay, right? I'll be okay this month. I'll be okay this, this pay period. I'll be okay. Problem is the I be okay after a while becomes a pattern. Now, there's a book that I swear by, and it's called Profit First. And it's basically a cash flow management system. And there may be many other cash flow management systems out there. My point to you is find one and use it. But basically, the Profit First concept is pretty simple, is that basically all monies that come into the business are then parsed out into separate accounts. Accounts for profit, accounts for operating expenses, accounts for taxes, and they're, they're parsed out on a on a set percentage. So, for example, if a hundred dollars come into the into the business for that month, and you predetermine that ten percent 
of whatever comes in goes to your profit account. 5% goes to your tax account. Well, $10 of that hundred will go into your profit account. 5%, $5 will go into your tax account. If you decided that 40% goes to your operating because of your expenses, then $40 goes into your operating account. And you do that continuously. What that allows you to do is on those very good months or good quarters, you're taking the same percentage and, you, and you're placing that money in your bank, in your different accounts. So that when you have other months or other, or other quarters that are not as productive as far as revenue, you have a cushion. It's a built-in cushion, right? You create your own cushion that way. Now, when it comes to paying yourself first, part of what you do is that your salary, whatever it may be, becomes part of your stated expenses. It's not a, it's not an option. It's not a very, it's a stated expense. Rather, it's, it's your expense or maybe for your office lease or your expense maybe for your copywriter or whatever it may be. So is your salary. It's part of what you, you have to pay every month. And it happens to be to yourself. You have to take care of yourself before you can take care of your business. Here's Question number number three you should ask yourself, which is near and dear to my heart, given that I'm a, a lawyer, which means by definition, we don't do numbers. Probably why we lawyers went to law school, most of us anyway. But that's the question. Do you know your numbers? When you're running a business, as opposed to a business running you, you have to know the financial condition of your business at all times, whether it's pretty great or whatever it may be. You have to be aware of the financial condition of your business. Because you cannot manage what you can't measure. You want to be in a position to make decisions based on metrics, not on emotion. And what I mean by that, this is an opportunity or appears to be an opportunity comes your way. How do you know if it's a good opportunity or not? Is it how it feels? I like doing that. That's, do they want me to do this? Is it I can do X, I can do Y? Well, that's a way. That's a way. That's a that's an instinct people like to say. That's a feeling I get, people like to say. And I'm not here to argue with anyone's feelings or instincts. But a more consistent way I argue with you is you make these decisions based on does it financially make sense? And the only way you can know if it financially makes sense or not is if you already know the financial condition of your office, of your business. Now, there are three basically reports that every business should have. You should have a system in place, meaning a, a financial system, whether QuickBooks or people use all kind of different systems that can help you create these reports or a bookkeeper or, or what have you. The first report, financial reports, critical to understanding the financial condition of your business is what we call a profit and loss statement. Some call it an income statement. And that basically reflects the total income and expenses of your business for a certain period of time, for the month, for the quarter, for the year. Basically, put it plain English, is how much money came in the business, how much money went out of the business. That helps you determine, obviously, whether it helps you determine whether some of your contracts make sense financially, right? Might help you determine whether you are charging enough on certain contracts or for certain products, whether you have too many expenses, compared to your income. Going back to the business plan, part of your business plan, you have a set. What profit margin do you want to have? What is your profit margin do you want your company to have for you 
or for your company? I mean, all the expenses and all the income comes in. What is your profit margin? Is it 20%? Is it 30%? Is it 10%? Uh, that's for you to decide. But you want to you, you want to use your numbers to ensure or, or to gauge whether you are basically on par with that, right? Whether you are consistent or getting close to your meeting those profit margin goals, right? You may feel like you are, but the numbers tell you whether you are. The next report is called a balance sheet. And a balance sheet that captures the company's, your business assets, liabilities, and capital. So basically tell you what's your company's value worth in a, at a certain period of time. All the assets, all liabilities, mean things that you owe, and all capital that you may have. So you have a good sense and a good sense of the health of your company in any certain period, any set period of time. And finally, a third critical report is called a cash flow report. And it pretty much speaks for itself. It's the amount of cash and cash equivalents entering your business. Because as we say in business, cash is king. Cash is king. Let me repeat that a third time. Cash is king. I often speak with business owners and have conversations and they speak as about account receivables. Basically, how much money is owed to them. And that number could look, depending on how you want to look at that number, it could be it could be a pretty large number, meaning that's a lot of money that's owed. But the other way is the other way to look at that number is that's a lot of money that's owed. And as they tell you in business, if it ain't in the door, it don't matter. If it ain't in your bank account, it don't matter. And often business owners have months and months of account receivables, money that's owed, not collected. So what really is, and, and often they make decisions based on what they believe may be coming through the door. But a, a cash flow report tells you what's actually in the door. Decisions should be made based on that, not, what you, not what's out there, what's actually in there, as, as I like to say. So those are three very critical reports. Now, obviously, when you speak to your accountants, to your accountant or your, or your bookkeeper, they get into the detail. But those are reports that you should routinely on a monthly basis at minimum. And you can determine whether there's any trends with your company, with your business, good or bad, right? So it's not just getting those reports, it has to be viewing those reports. And if you do have an accountant, a bookkeeper or whatever, discuss, particularly with your accountant, discuss those reports with your accountant or your CFO, uh, any other financial people that work for your business or work within your business. The final question you should ask is, do you have written systems and procedures? What is that? Am I talking about an employee handbook? Yes. Employee handbook is crucial, it's important, but but it's just one of many. When your business grows and when you're when your business is working for you, it means that you're not doing all the work for your business. In order for you to make a profit and to get revenue, you're no longer doing all the work. But it doesn't mean that the work shouldn't be at the quality that you want it to be. So written systems and procedures is a business owner's way of ensuring that his business is run and conducted the way he wants his business to be to run and conducted. It's the way of ensuring that the service that she wants to provide and the quality of services that she wants to provide to her clients are being provided in that way by her employees or the product is being produced in the way it's supposed to be produced. So systems procedures is the system that you put in place to educate and inform the rest of your staff on how go from as simple as how to answer the phone 
to all the way to how to send out an invoice. And the more consistency that you have, the easier it would be for you as a business owner to replace people when people leave. It also makes it easier for you to determine whether things need to be tweaked and what may be problems that's not based on an individual, but it may be a system problem. And that's a way to help your business run way more effective, efficiently and effectively, which most likely means more profitably. So those are the four things, four questions I believe you should be asking yourself in relation to how to have your business work for you as opposed to you work for your business. I thank you so much for listening to our first podcast, our first episode, and I look forward to speaking with you on the next podcast coming very soon. Thanks for listening. Follow us on social media or head over to our website to check out our blogs and sign up for our monthly email newsletter. Go to glgdc.com.